It's Randalicious. Welcome to the SEO Ranch. I am your host, Morty Overstein. You might know me better as Wix's head of SEO branding, but I'll remind you that this podcast has nothing to do with that. This is pure, unofficial Morty magic and Morty mania. If you want the official version, check out the Surf's Up podcast over at wix.com slash learn slash SEO. Um, no, I got to edit that out. If you want the official Morty podcast, check out the Surf's Up podcast at wix.com slash SEO slash learn. Anyway, where can you find the SEO rant. You already found it. Bing, bing, bing. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. But you can find it wherever you find podcasts. Don't know where to find podcasts? Google. But I don't know where to find a podcast and see what shows up for you. When does the SEO rant come out? Typically on Thursdays, but not always on Thursdays. Sometimes a different day. Sometimes not at all because I only put this out when I have time. So it does make sense to subscribe wherever, wherever, you, wherever you find a podcast and subscribe there so that you're notified when new episodes come out. Anyway. For your listening pleasure today, she's an old friend, an old colleague, an old work colleague. She's a second-time guest on this podcast, the second second-time guest on this podcast. Sorry, not the first one. Ori Silverstein was. It wasn't my fault. I blame Ori. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll take the accolades where I can get them. We're good. <laughs> she's a social media and community manager over at my former stomping grounds, currently consulting stomping grounds, Semrush. She's Diana Richardson. Hey, wow. I think you missed your calling as an auctioneer uh, because that is the fastest intro without editing I have ever heard. And I'm a fast talker, so that's saying a lot. <laughs> I, I've always wanted to be like a disc jockey. Yes, you would be right? a great disc jockey. Yeah. Right, like, uh, <laughs> call us over 877-2031 and see if you can win free tickets to The Who playing at Madison Square Garden <laughs> on June 23rd at 8 p.m. Right? You, and you already had your call sign, the Morty Magic. I mean, you've right, already yeah, got it. Right, yeah, I totally, I've, oh, yeah. I've really <laughs> wasted my life with this whole SEO thing. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Only I would have known. Well, you know what? You probably would have ended up in the same podcasting sphere since radio has kind of gone to podcasting anyway. So, you know, right. you ended up That's in the true. right place anyway. <laughs> I wonder if you could do like, there was a, a Edge of the Web. So their podcast, I think it originally started on a radio station. That does not surprise me. Right. We should go back to that model. Have like radio, like radio SEO. Or, and what did they used to do back in the day? They had like radio theater, right? We could do a whole radio SEO right. theater thing. The, you know, every time there's an algorithm update, like thunder and lightning. <laughs> Today, Google released <laughs> the helpful content update, which did <laughs> nothing. It did nothing. Anyway. <laughs> Women are panicking. <laughs> Hide the children. <laughs> it. It's the helpful content. Don't update. hide Wait. your website. Hide the affiliate marketers. It's the helpful content update. Well, we more product do... review. <laughs> we could have done a whole, I think, episode about helpful content. Helpful. Too. <laughs> so we're recording a smack in the middle of the helpful content non-update. Which yeah. is what I'm calling it now. Because like nothing happened. Cool. Nothing's been happening. I refreshed the the you know, the SEO the yeah, the SEO the Semrush sensor about every five minutes and still nothing. It only <laughs> updates daily, by the way, which was like stupid of me to keep refreshing it. <laughs> and you wish you should know that. I should. I, yeah. I, I know. I know. While. I even know all the keywords in this database. <laughs> I, I use it in my secret Semrush dashboard, which I still use and have access to. Ooh. Well, shoot! Now it's going to get cut off. You have you access to probably. But I'll tell you about that later. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're talking about data, which makes sense, and why data without context makes no sense. 
Correct. Yeah. And so I got the inspiration for this idea because I was reading, which is what I usually do in the mornings. Um, I usually let my inbox collect all of my newsletters. And then the next morning I read everything and I was reading, there was an article with the headline that said, what is a good bounce rate? And immediately I go, mm, a gag, right? Because right. Like, that question as an SEO just drives me nuts. And I know we're moving away from bounce rate and towards engagement rate with GA4. So what, what is a good engagement rate? That's terrible. And, um, and also no one's going to ask that question, by the way, because no one's going to have any clue the hell's going on in GA4. I'm just being honest with you. Okay. Well, we can still live in the world of bounce rate then. If okay. We need to. Thank That's you. Please. Totally I'm fine. out of my comfort zone with this engagement rate nonsense. <laughs> I was just looking at my own engagement rate. So if you go into GA4 and you can do search, you can search for different uh, metrics now, which is pretty cool. So I did bounce rate. My bounce rate was zero, but my engagement rate was 100%. Hmm. So hmm. here we go. <laughs> Cause that actually means zilch. And so, but that was the inspiration. And to this author's credit, they went into the nuances of bounce rate and what is a qualifying bounce rate. So the, the title was slightly misleading as to the, the actual article, which I appreciated because I was, I entered this article with like fire in my head already. Cause I hate that question. Just like I hate all what is good, any sort of data that drives me nuts. So that was the inspiration for this topic. Nice. So <laughs> let me ask you a question then. Like what's a good authority score? <laughs> I'm, I'm done. <laughs> we kidding. can't be friends anymore. Do you have any high DA links? Yeah. Yes. So, but that's the point, right? That's why we're talking about this today because those types of questions do come up in our world by all clients the time. By, all the time. And it's unfortunate because usually by people, like, but you get into the industry, you're new to the industry, you're an SMB, you're not even in the industry. You're just like trying to figure this shit out for yourself. Right. And you Google, like, you know, what is good SEO? And you inevitably get some blog posts that says, oh, yes, to have good SEO, your authority score must be above uh, 67. Right. Then you end you up going so on Twitter and asking John Mueller. <laughs> and then, and then well, John. Dang it, John. <laughs> John and his infinite patience will like, you know, like, like that's not a real thing. You're an idiot. Yeah. Blah, blah. And he won't say that. He would actually be nice about it and try to explain like that's not a real thing. We don't really look at that. But these things, it's all it's so prevalent. And it's the it wrong is. people. It's the people who like specifically should not be asking those questions. <laughs> Rant number two. <laughs> if you're in marketing, don't ask these questions. <laughs> Rolling so, eyes. I know the reason that this, that this doesn't work, that data, I think it's like a, it's a catch 22, right? We can track so much and we can see so much. And then we have to make sense of those numbers and our brains, I think are programmed to think good, bad, medium, this, that, and the other, when really our brains as marketers should be thinking about the whole big picture and your bounce rate could be high or low, depending of course, on what your website is. I was thinking about examples for like recipe websites. The goal on a recipe website is to get you onto the recipe to read the recipe and then do it, which is an offline action. So your bounce, so your bounce rate could be quite high because people are Googling some sort of recipe, finding it, doing yeah. it, 
And then I look at the next recipe. They just made the chicken dinner. And then they're, they're not looking. Okay, so I just I just made that chicken. How do I make right. meatloaf now? I'd love to cook some more. <laughs> because I'm going to make seven dinners. You know, it doesn't work like that. But in e-commerce, where the action is to keep someone going through the site and recommend products and accessories and things like that, yeah, your engagement rate should be, uh, or your bounce rate should be much lower because to indicate success because that is the purpose of your site. And, you know, when I was working with clients, I worked with a very interesting niche and I worked with construction equipment dealerships. And you cannot buy, I'll just tell you now, you cannot buy a bulldozer online. I know we can buy Seriously? very, very much. That's so disappointing. Hold on, really? I know, maybe on eBay Motors or something, Hold but on. through my clients' websites, you could not buy a bulldozer online. Bulldozer so trying on. to explain to them that some came to their website, found their address, and came to the dealership was a good thing. <laughs> Are you trying to Google how to buy a bulldozer online? Yeah, no, I'm uh, um, Googling buying a bulldozer online. I, I found one. I 2019 Cat D1 OT2. Uh, eight, holy crap, they're super expensive. $875,000 for a, for a yeah, bulldozer. Yeah, so... I this mean, is old, oh, this I is old ass one. It's right in your neighborhood in Texas. It's um five five grand. But it looks nice. like it looks from like the 1950s. <laughs> but are you going to buy anything that costs five grand without looking at it in person? <laughs> I would totally buy a bulldozer for five grand. I had five grand. And not spend. even look at it and get it shipped to you. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> such, I, want, yeah. I wonder if they ship out of the U.S. <laughs> You're going to have to get it shipped to my house. Come over here. <laughs> wow. It's specs and everything. A, yeah. I wonder, can you buy an aircraft? But that's the here? point. So, but that's the point is people come to the website to look at the specs, to find the answers or to find where they can purchase it. So the bounce rate is going to be a bit higher because they're accomplishing their goal right away. So I did a lot of explaining that actually a high bounce rate with this context was a good thing. We're satisfying the person's need and they're getting the heck out of there and visiting the dealership or calling or whatever the next step is because they couldn't go any further in the process on the website. And so when we talk about data without context, same thing why tools like SEMrush don't tell you this is a good keyword search volume or this is a good CPC because there's literally zero context around these numbers. And it is up to you and your situation to interpret the data and put it into the context to make the right decisions. I was just tweeting about this, right? Zero search volume. Right. Right. So doesn't yeah, mean you know what? No one's Maybe... actually searching. <laughs> right. First of all, it doesn't actually mean that. It's just like amazing. Like as great as Sunrush is, they're not scraping the entire web looking everybody searching for anything anywhere at any time. Right. There could right. be a handful of people looking like I just Googled how to buy an aircraft carrier. Because I was thinking like after the bulldozer, maybe I could buy an aircraft carrier. You're like, what else is a crazy thing I could yeah, buy? Yeah, but you know what? Like maybe it has a search volume of like two. Like me and like China were searching that. They're looking to buy an aircraft carrier. <laughs> but you know what? Like if you make one sale every 10 years of like, you know, like, you know, I'm looking at this one cost like, uh, hey, where'd it go? There was a price here on this aircraft carrier that somebody bought. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I was making it up $100 million. Like I'm done. Right. I'm done. One sale. I'm done. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that, I mean, that goes into a whole other conversation about strategic keyword targeting, because 
in your, in your advertising, in your paid ads, in your, uh, and in your SEO. But that's why the data isn't necessarily your guiding point because it's not going to tell you what makes sense for your business. And you have to put it, you have to put the data, as much data as we have into context. Here's another example I thought of too. So if you're looking into the demographic information, say in Google Analytics, and you've done all this work to outline your ideal customer, you've written the profile, you've come up with all of the demographics, and this is who you're going to be targeting in your, in your campaign. And you look in your Google Analytics, and you're seeing that that is not the majority of the type of people coming to your website. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is your campaign failing because this data isn't higher than this other interest or is it something else? And I think that's something else because it actually means maybe the ideal customer you outlined, you weren't in tuned to who is actually interested in your products or services. And that's where this shifting, this is where you come in and you retweak and you rethink. It doesn't mean because this number is lower than this other number, that something bad is happening. You have to think of the whole context. So we have to get out of this mindset of good and bad numbers as marketers, because we're, that's just not how it works. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. Data is quantitative and what you, essentially it's something to do with like, because something like bounce rate, as opposed to like maybe rank, which is you're just tracking hard numbers. Like the, the this page ranks number three for this keyword. It's not really arguable data. Obviously, by the way, that still requires context because it doesn't really matter if I rank for that keyword. Oh, I lost all these rankings. You know, Google Google kills you off all your rankings for things that don't actually matter to your business. So who um, cares? And also your Google is different from my Google. Right. But whatever it is, bounce rate is trying to take something qualitative, meaning user behavior, and trying to quantify that with numbers. Right. right, And you hope that you have so much number that you can now explain the qualitative behavior. But there's an intrinsic con conceptual gap between tracking bounce rate with a number and the actual user behavior. Because no matter the number, it can't actually help you explain what's really happening with your users. It can only right. point to that. So data inherently needs to be contextualized because it needs to be explained. Even things, again, like ranking data, need to be explained and contextualized because that's just the way right. data is. Right. And that's why there can't be good or bad. That's why you can't give it a rating because there's a story behind it. There's more to it than just this number. And unless, you know, even things like revenue or your number of sales, all of that has a story behind it. And you have to you have to look into that before you can say something is good, bad. You can look at progress as a positive way, as opposed to, I'm still position seven. Okay, well, last week you were position 24. So <laughs> people, you see what people did during COVID. They say, oh, the numbers are up. This is good. And they, <laughs> I, I'm not talking like small companies. I'm like, like I don't know, Shopify. This is great. Look at these numbers. The chart went up. Revenue is up. This will yeah. stay like this forever. Now contextualizing that was from a pandemic. Look at what we have gone. It's going to fall back again. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, and I've I've been seeing a lot of reports about that too, about big companies completely nixing kind of the data of 2020 and 2021 because it it's, just yeah, it doesn't. It's not reflective of what's actually happening with consumer behavior. 
And then and over relying on it can lead you to, I don't know, disastrous consequences. Yeah. And then that, that brings up a really good point too, about even seasonality. I remember telling clients, you know, I, they're like, am I doing good? Is we're going down in this month. And I'm like, I need a whole year of you to be able to see the whole story. And I know that sounds crazy and that's a really long time frame, but I don't know if seeing a drop in September is normal for you yet. I don't know because I haven't seen it yet. And so I need that year over year data also to be able to tell a story. Like this drop in September could be completely normal or I could have screwed something up. I don't know yet. <laughs> like I have to- <laughs> Everything. I, have I mean, to I was- story. I was just doing an example. So um, it's not released yet. By the time this podcast is released, it probably will be. So there's integration in Wix for SEMrush. I was going through creating a video of how to use the integration for all of our Wix users. And one of the examples I was using was searching for a keyword around ceiling fans. I'm like, okay, you have a keyword ceiling fans. The keyword ceiling right. fans, when you search for it in SEMrush, brings back all these keywords and they have such high search volumes, but you're never going to rank for that because you know Amazon, Lowe's, and Home Depot are ranking for that and that's it. So let's yeah. go, I don't know, maybe outdoor ceiling fan. Let's get a little more specific. Now that's got a search volume of, you know, 10,000, whatever it is. By the way, think for a second, outdoor ceiling fan. When are you buying an outdoor ceiling fan? So it might have a search volume of 10,000 or whatever, but are you buying an outdoor ceiling fan in New York if it's, you know, January? It's Probably seasonal. Yeah. Unless you're in Arizona. That's a great example. Right? By the way, the trends inside of Center Rush show that. Like it just kind of peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys because it's seasonal unless you're living in Miami, in which case it's not. So if or you're Texas. selling them in Miami, don't, by the way, that's where you ignore. Oh, I, I've contextualized the data around a 10,000 know, search volume because I've seen the trends and it shows seasonality. I'm going to forget this keyword. But yeah, but you you sell them in Miami. <laughs> yeah. you, should, you should contextualize the trend and be like, that doesn't apply to me because it's always freaking hot in Miami. <laughs> yes. But always exactly. need outdoor ceiling fans. <laughs> What an awesome example. And because that one is not only season specific, but regionally specific. And, um, and, it, and then if you're thinking about an area where, I mean, Great Britain had a huge heat wave this year. So I'm sure the search volume in Great Britain for outdoor ceiling fans or regular ceiling fans or box fans really went up this year. So again, contextually doesn't mean that's going to happen next year. Next year, uh, Great Britain could have a huge cold summer and it's heaters that they need, you know? So again, it's, it's looking at the big picture and putting that context into place that will guide you more strategically. And we just have to get out of this mindset of good, bad, high, low. It just has to make sense for you, regardless of what it is. It just has to make sense. And it you, has to make sense. You have to figure out how to make it make sense. And a tool can't do that for you. This is why, this is why when they're like, is SEO dead? Or is AI going to replace all of us? No, because it cannot do that thinking for us. Um, it has to be able to, you have to have a human brain in order to contextualize your specific situation. And this can also make the case for when you're hiring a marketer in-house versus outsourcing to an agency, because you, if you're going to do the agency, you need someone who can really give you attention, who can understand. And there are so many agencies out there that can, that take on small amount of clients so they can be highly involved. And that's a really good thing because they'll start to understand truly the nuances of your specific business in your location, who you're targeting. You know, you get all of that builds that story and builds that context for that data. So that's why it's important not to take 
And that's why report, you know, all the reporting that I used to do uh, with my clients, I would have an explanation paragraph at the end of every page. So I could tell them the story. And sometimes clients think you're bullshitting them. They think that you're trying to set, you're trying to justify, especially when things are down and you're like, oh, well, it's September and no one's buying pool toys anymore. You know, it's like, what? No one's buying pool toys in September in Antarctica? Lies. (laughs) I mean, well, school is back for most of the U.S. We start the day after Labor Day. So, yeah, the summer stuff stops and we're getting into colder weather typically throughout the the United States here in September. Unless you're in Miami. Or Texas. Or Arizona. (laughs) We can go on. Or New Mexico. (laughs) Or Southern California. (laughs) So. Or Vegas, where the pools are always open. (laughs) Yeah, Vegas. We don't talk about Vegas. Yeah, no, we don't have to talk about Vegas. I've never been but... to Vegas. But I wouldn't know. So I have no idea. <laughs> to sum up, we're saying that data is not the end all be all, and it backs up our story. And I'm, and I think the last time we talked, we talked about using data to define your audience, and it was it's a very important part of it. But you cannot take it without context. There is a story. There are reasons. There is a bigger picture than good, bad data. And if you're a marketer, you know, explaining this to clients or your C-suite or something to that effect, you got to get good at explaining the whole story. And sometimes, and I think this is something that SEMrush does really well is visualizing the data because they do it in a creative way that tells a story, I think. It's one of my favorite like assets of the tool, even before I worked here. So that's a non-biased answer is that I completely, I loved the data visualization because it made it easier to show things like we started out with 17 site errors and now there's three. So we're making progress and this is how we're moving forward. Even though the rankings might not show that, even though the organic traffic might not show that yet, we're still building on a success here and the data the story of the data is SEO is slow <laughs> and that'll happen in in time. And so there's other ways to show success and progress. I think that's another tip, but um, yeah. So data needs context. Data needs context. Yeah. You've heard it here first. Data needs context. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find you? People can find Semrush on all social platforms, including TikTok, Easy Peasy, Semrush, and it is Semrush, yes, by the way. Um, And then you can find me, I'm usually on Twitter and LinkedIn talking about SEO or marketing in general and building communities and webinars and all sorts of things and giving Morty shit, you know, on Twitter and Check out some of those webinars, Jason Dodge, Blake Denman, some good people on those webinars. Yeah, and fabulous. And we've got one, our last 2022 webinar is coming up. In October, October 27th, and I will have Liras. She's amazing. Oh, cool. And I will have Jeremy Moser as well. And oh, we're going cool. to be talking about where marketing, wait, are we talking about where marketing ends and sales begin? I think so. Hold on. I can check my calendar because I get the topics confused sometimes. I hear you. Yeah. Where marketing ends and sales begin. So an interesting topic, because I'm sure you guys get lots of questions from your clients saying, I'm spending all this money on my SEO and I don't have any leads yet. And this is, we're going to tackle how that works. 
Awesome. But you can find, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm Diana Rich 13 because 13 is my lucky number on Twitter and LinkedIn. Sweet. And thank you for being our second, second time guest. Thanks for having me again. It was good talking to you. It's my pleasure. Always, always good talking to you. To I my know. audience. I wish you were still here. I'm still here. I didn't die. No, well, that's true. <laughs> but it was easier to talk to you on Slack. <laughs> I'm still on I'm still on Slack. You could I'm still on there's a still there's a, I'm still on your Slack. Oh, okay. Yeah, you have to I find me. But I can't reach out to you. You have to reach out to me. Oh, I'll, I'll we'll find talk you about then. this after the show. I'll tell you. Um okay. to my to my loyal audience. Hope you're loyal. Not listening to any other podcast like the Surf's Up podcast on Wix. But um <laughs> be sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you want to leave me a review, fine. If not, I don't care. Um, until next time, doodles.